in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we are glad that you love us. Jesus, who are we that you are so mindful of us? Who are we that you decided to deliver us? You kept vigil just to see that you were delivered. That's what you told us this morning. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. We appreciate you. We are happy. And Father, the Lord, we dedicate our lives unto you. Who else will be our Father except you? Loving God, merciful God, gracious God, God that cares. God of wisdom, we bless you. We bow down before you. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for this service. Thank you for you have been with us. And you made us to know that you are here. And we have seen that you are with us. Thank you, dear Lord. And Father and our Lord, we know that we have learned a lot this morning. You have ministered a lot to us. But you still want to add to what you have said. Lord, we are open to you. We are willing to do your will. We are willing to obey you. And so, Father, we pray that you minister to us. Speak to us in the language we will understand. Every one of us. And let us be willing, Father, to do and not just to hear. Thank you for every one of us. I am nobody. I will decrease, but you must increase. And so, Father, take over. Holy Spirit, take over. We are ready to obey you. Take all the honor and take all the glory. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for today. As we all know, today is Mother's Day, which we call Modern Sunday. Mother's Day. And it's a day mapped out solely for mothers. Whether you have your biological children or not, you are a mother once you are married. Amen? If you don't have yours now, I want to tell you that your womb is being reserved for precious children. When you go to the word of God, you find that all the people that had delays, what we human beings call delay, all of them, they had precious children. So rejoice. That womb is about to bring a precious child. Maybe the person we are waiting for this end time revival. You know, God will surely visit our churches. And there must be revival. And that revival will get to the nation. And will bring goodness and message to us. Amen? And we don't know who God will use. When the Israelites were crying in Egypt, God heard their cries. But you know that God found a savior in a child, in a baby, in a baby. And they had to wait, but one day they were delivered. Amen? So may God bless you, you are a mother in Jesus' name. And I'm saying that it's a day solely mapped out for us. For, uh, for mothers. And in my mind, I think that it's a day we should ask ourselves some questions. Like, why am I created a woman? I don't know whether you have asked that question before. Why am I created a woman? And why am I on earth at a time like this? Why am I in the home where I am? Why that home and no other home? Am I really satisfied? Am I happy and satisfied with myself? And if I should live now, if I die now, where will I be? These are some questions we have to ask ourselves. Yes, it's good. We have cooked rice, cooked this, that. It's good we are beautifully dressed. We are happy. Fine. But I believe in my heart 
that it's a day we have to ask ourselves some questions. I don't know the questions that are in your mind. The answers to them will really help us so that we will not be put to shame and so that we will not regret on the day we stand before our maker, before our creator. Because very soon we are going home. Amen? Our topic today says our children are assignment and lesson. Our children are assignment and a, and a lesson. And when we talk about assignments, we are talking about a task. A piece of work given to us by somebody. And which should be part of our job. When we talk about lesson, you know, it's a period of teaching. A period somebody is taught. And God has said that our children, that they are given to us as an assignment. A task that must be done. Somebody give us the children. And it's our maker. You know, some of us believe that we have children because we are married, the man meets the woman, and children come forth. There are men that have been meeting their wives and no child. Am I correct? The children are from God. And because they are from God, we must give account to Him. One day, we will give account to Him. What about the children He gave to us? What did, you, what did we do with them? Who are they? Are they fulfilling the purpose of their being here on earth? We will surely give our account. Let's go to Mark 10, 13 to 16. That's the passage, the text we are giving for this. Mark chapter 10. If you are there, you can read for us. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never inherit it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. God bless you, my brother. Jesus was speaking here. He said, let them come to me. Let the children come to me. Don't hinder them. Don't prevent them. So, Jesus, the maker of these children, wants us to bring them back to him. And I want us to also go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 2. The last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 2. We are going to read uh, 13 to 15. Let me read Malachi chapter 2 from 13 to 15. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and well because he no longer pays attention to your offerings or accept them with pleasure from your hands. You ask why. It is because the Lord is acting as the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Because you have broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. 15. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because he was, speaking, uh, he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Amen. God was speaking here. God said, why have I made them one? Why did I say a man will leave 
the father and the mother cleave to the wife and two of them will become one. Why one? Because I'm looking for a godly offspring. I'm looking for godly children. I'm looking for godly children. That's what God wants. Now some of us know that uh, marriage is for reproduction, you know, recre- uh, procreation. You have children, you know, that kind of thing. What kind of children? What kind of children does God want? God says, I want godly children. I want godly children. Some of us want our children to be doctors, engineers, tellers, nurses, teachers. God says, I want godly doctors. I want godly engineers. I want godly nurses. I want godly tellers. God wants godly children. Some of us, I had desires to have beautiful children. That's fine. But God says, I want godly, beautiful children. Some of us want intelligent children. And God says, I want godly, intelligent children. Some of us want the many. Ten, uh, six, four. Some want two. But God says, I want ten godly children. I want six godly children. I want two godly children. No matter the number you want, the most important thing to God is that that child is godly. Amen? That that child is godly. Very, very important. And we ask ourselves, what does God want? How do we do it? How do we get these godly children? I want us to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6. I'll read 2, then I'll read 6 to 7. Deuteronomy 6. I hope we are there. It says, So that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. That they will keep the commandments and their children so that they will enjoy, enjoy long life. And then it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Imprint them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. That they should teach them. The commandments of God will first of all be in our hearts. And then we should, we are supposed to teach the children. Whether we are lying down, whether we are walking on the road. So this assignment is something we do per minute, per minute, per hour, per hour, on daily basis. No wonder. God is telling us women, especially today, He's talking to us, that our children are assigned to us. Yes, I know that the Bible tells the men in Ephesians that they should not embitter their children, they should train them up, you know, in the training and admonition of the Lord and so on and so forth. But you know, men are hardly at home. We are at home. And we are the people that we say, Go and wash the plate. No, 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 you didn't wash it well, turn the back. Sweep the house, do it this way, do it the other way, wear your shoes this way, this way, do this, do that. Have you done this? Why are you speaking that way? No, 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 no. The word of God says this and says that. And he says we should teach them. Whether we are standing up, whether we are walking on the road with them, whether we, we are taking them to school, anywhere, we should teach them. 
Let's also turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. We are going to read 5 to 7 there. Psalm 78. From 5, it says, He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation will know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn will tell their children, then they will put their trust in God. I would not forget his deeds, but will keep the who keep his commandments. Amen? But they will keep his commandments. So God says we should teach, teach them. And when you go to Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train up a child, the way the child should go. When he grows up, he will not depart from it. Training involves teaching. We should teach them. I thank God for Moses' mother, Jacob Berge. If you go to Exodus 2, 9, you find there that Pharaoh's daughter said, Take this child, nothing for me, I'll give you your wages. And she understood it very well. She took the child, I don't know how long. The theologians may help me. And by the time she took back the child, the child was sure of who he was. The child had gotten it that he belongs to God. He belongs to God's people. And that was why he never deviated. You know, when he came out, he still associated, you know, with the brothers, with his brethren. He knew that he wasn't an Egyptian. How long did he stay with the, that woman, the mother? Take this child. And the woman said, don't worry. The woman took the child. I'm sure the woman did a great work in him. I don't know how long. Maybe 10 years. Maybe less than that. But he got to know, to know that he was an Israelite, a child of God. He got it in himself. And he made sure he belonged to them. He despised whatever they were eating and drinking in the palace. No, 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 he wasn't interested in that. He was interested in his God. And that is what God is saying. That child that has been given to us, he knows nothing. All the children, when you have a newborn child, no matter where the child is born into, born into the bishop's house, born into the pastor's house, born into a mobile's house, anywhere, that child has nothing in him. When it comes to godliness, it's what you put in him that he has. Do you agree with me? He has nothing in him. Some of us will say, hey, that person is fortunate that he's from the Nerebuike's house. It's not true. Go to him and find out. Go to him with the wife and find out what happened. Hey, that child is fortunate he's from this person's home. That child is empty. We must put in that godliness for that child to be a godly child. And I thank God for Moses' mother. She did a great work in Moses. And I don't know how long he stayed in the palace after he was brought there. He stayed longer than he stayed with the mother, I am sure. But he never lost it. He didn't go with the Bible. He didn't go with the pastor. He didn't go with anybody. They were worshipping idols. Worshipping their man-made gods. But he was sure of his own God. And he kept to his own God. May it be so for every one of us in our families in Jesus' name. I want to say that you give what you have.
Like that place says, it should be in our hearts first. Then we'll be able to transfer it to our children. And I thank God for this church. It's a Bible-believing and teaching church. And our theme says, living by every word of God. It's when we know that word, when we have it, that we live with it and we transfer it, we teach it to our children. Do we have time for it? And the women are saying, one thing is needful, that we sit down like Mary and learn. When we don't sit down, we never learn. We never know. Thank God for somebody like Ezra. Ezra said me, I am out to learn, to know, to do it and to teach it. And that's what God wants from us. But some of us, we are too busy for that. I know some of us women, you know, we always say we don't have time. But do you know that some of us woke up by 4 a.m. today? Just to make sure that our fried rice was ready. Just to make sure that the salad was ready and the pepper soup and all what not. Am I correct? Some of us slept very late last night. Because we are preparing for what we'll be eating today. But when it comes to the word of God, we can't stay that late to study the word. We can't wake up that early to study the word. We can't wake up that early to pray. We give a lot of reasons. Do you know, when I was preparing this, I just heard that there are some people in this church, they are in a church where they are called the word of God, but they are not flowing with it. They, they, they have not gotten it. And that some of us are not interested. We are more interested in our professions and all what not, other things. Somehow I felt, <clears throat> and that some of us are defeating, that we are living what we are taught. I felt, no, I wouldn't have said this thing. But when I sat there, there was a prophecy this morning, and the prophecy confirmed it. I said, God, so this is true. My dear, you cannot be coming to a Bible-believing and teaching church. And you are without the word. You are empty. You don't have the word. What will you impact to your children? Even if you are single. I want to say that this is the time to know the word. If you don't form it as a habit to study the Bible, to know the word of God, to live it out and even serve God with it. I want to tell you that when you are married, you won't be able to do that because of responsibilities. If you tell yourself, no, um, what is it now? Uh, Bible reading in the morning, no breakfast. I must read my Bible in the morning. I must study it. And I must make out time to study it. If you don't form that habit, you can't do it when you are married. Let God help you to form that habit now. And it will help you in Jesus' name. And if you ask us, many of us have heard that, uh, you know, when we talk about training of children, I don't think that's anything new. If I should throw it to us now, how do we train them? Many will be saying, you dedicate the child first when the child is in the womb. And when you have the child, you know, you lead the child to Christ as early as five years, six years. Take the child into the room and lead the child to Christ. Preach to the child and live. You know, children, they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior earlier and more. Do you know? If you have never tried it, try it. Don't just leave it for Sunday school teachers and other people. Call your child in and tell the child about heaven and about hell. And tell the person about the love of God. And make the person understand what Jesus did for him or her on the cross of Calvary. And make the child understand that he can, you know, become part of 
that deliverance God or redemption God brought to us. And I want to tell you that after that, you tell the child, are you ready? The child will say yes. You kneel down. Hold the child. Say what I say. Lead the child to Christ. And when you are talking to the child, use that to speak to the child or to train the child. Remember who you are. Remember on so so day, you give your life to Christ. Your name is in the book of life. A child of God doesn't tell lies. A child of God doesn't do this, this and that. And you help the child. You disciple the child. By the time the child is leaving the house, the child will be discipled and will not stray away. That's what I believe Moses' mother did. By the time Moses was leaving the house, Moses was a disciple. Uh, a disciple of God and could even disciple others later. You know? But when we don't do that, when the child goes out, because they will surely go out, they will not stay with us for life. No! They will go outside to school and they will go out later because of marriage. And when they have not gotten it, you will be wondering, a child from a Christian whom is behaving this way, doing this, doing that. The thing is that that child never got it. God will help us. And they will be able to say something like maintain uh, regular uh, family devotion. And let the children be part of it. Let them participate. Send them to children fellowship, maybe a club, and all what not, that will help them. And again, we teach them, you know, the precepts, the commandments of God. And we also make it possible that, if where it's possible to go to schools, uh, Christian schools, that will help them. And we also help them not to have bad friends, evil influence, you know, things like that. But I want us to quickly go to, go back to, uh, Malachi. These things are okay. And that's the way we help them. But there's something God wants us, or God is reminding us this morning, or wants us to know. Let's go to Malachi 2. Malachi 2.15 says, Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So, when you look at this place, you find that the Bible says that God made them one. It means when there's that friendship, love, and oneness in the family that you can get uh, godly children. If you neglect it, because our first assignment for us women is our husband. Am I correct? To me, that's why I was created. God had finished his creation, and God felt everything is okay. After each one, he said, it is good, it is good. But then you looked at man. He said, man, man take care of these animals, everything, everything. And the animals were in pairs, jumping very happy. And he was alone. He couldn't understand their language. And they couldn't help him. If he had a boil at the back, the lion couldn't look and see whether it's a boil or not. No, he was there. And God looked at him and said, Ah, it is no good for man to be alone. So it seems as if God never planned to create me or create you as a woman. But it was because man wasn't, uh, you know, complete. It was because man had a need. And God said, no, I'll make a helpmate suitable for him. And that's why a woman was created. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm created because of it. I don't know why you are created. Are you that is seeking? You are seeking for that person why you were created. Have it at the back of your mind. If you are not ready to take care of that person, my dear, don't get married. Forget about marriage. That's our first assignment. No matter what the Americans are preaching, no matter, I don't want to know. Our 
first assignment is to take care of a man. Amen. So I'll be saying on Will he take care of me? I, uh, today is modern Sunday. Let's tell ourselves the truth. There's no marriage in heaven, no. So that when we get there, we'll be sure we we'll receive a rich welcome from God. Amen. You can see that we are going one 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 one. People are just going like that. As I'm talking, I don't even know when I will go. Maybe very soon I will be there. So that I'll be sure that God will say, my dear, my daughter, you are welcome. So let's not talk about whether they are doing well or not. That is not what we are here for. One thing is sure, we are created because of the man. So that's our first assignment. I'm not created because of my profession. I'm not created because of education or money, anything. I am created because of a man. By name, you don't say one Just tell yourself why you were created. And we find that if we don't do that assignment well, we can't do the second well well. No, we can't pass in the second one. The second one is what we are talking about this morning, our children, that they are an assignment. But if that first assignment is not done well, then the second one cannot, it, uh, we can't do it. I remember I write up, I used to see at Access Bank, Road, opposite Eastern Shop. I don't know whether it's still there. That write-up says, when you're attending to your customers, what do they see? What do they hear? What do they smell? And I think God is asking us that question. As we are training our children, what do they see? What do they hear? What do they smell? What do they see? Quarrelings, fightings, exchange of words. What do they see in our families? A sister shared something with me some time ago. Uh, she married as an unbeliever, later became a Christian. The husband is still an unbeliever up to today. And the husband, she said that the husband nags a lot. And when the husband is nagging, that she will just be replying. And you imagine what will be happening in their home. And then she went to another seminar. There they were taught that they should keep their mouth shut. So when she came back, the husband started again. She kept her mouth shut. Her four-year-old son was standing there. Because when the four-year-old son heard the father shouting, he came out to see the film he used to watch. And then the father was shouting. The mother kept quiet. The boy said, Mommy, Mommy, why are you quiet? That is winning you. That is winning you. Mommy, you are quiet. That is winning you. Mommy said, No, you don't talk to daddy that way. That way. He said, But you have been winning. You have always won. Mommy, 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 don't keep quiet. That is winning you. She said that when the uh, son said you have always won, she became ashamed, ashamed of herself. Not to her. The, 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 the husband marks a lot. But women, when we open our mouths to talk, hey, God will help us. So she never knew that she was winning. So it was the son that told her that she had always won. But that day, the husband was winning. So the child was always looking forward to that film. And the woman never knew. The, my sister said she was ashamed of herself. And from that day, God taught her a big lesson. Thank God she learned how to keep quiet. And thank God she started winning. Today, God is helping her with her children. She's doing the assignment very well. Hallelujah! What do our children see? In some of our families, you'll be hearing, Chime, go and get Gary money from your daddy. He's going out again. He's going out again. Daddy, mommy say, uh, said you should give me money for Gary. That's no, you get back. If she, if she will not buy Gary, you people should starve. Mommy, daddy said, where are you taking You notice? Daddy, mommy said, 
Okay. And the child will just stand confused. And will not know what to do. That is a time bomb. It will soon explode. What does it explode when she becomes an adolescent? She will tell you people that <laughs> enough is enough. Does this couple, um, that is, they are, they, they are good Christians, leaders, but unfortunately, they, they were always quarreling in their home. And they will be fighting in the room. The children said they thought they were always chasing rats, or they told them so. And then when they got to that age, the first one, especially the boy, the boy found out what was happening. The boy decided to say bye-bye to their God and everything. In the morning, he will not come out for morning devotion. He became rebellious, stubborn, and all what not. And the mother invited a youth worker to find out what was happening. Do you know what the boy said? My parents are hypocrites. I don't want their God. They say one thing and do another thing. They always quarrel and fighting. I don't want their God. What do they see? As we are doing these things, we want them to follow us. They, will, they may not. Unless by a special miracle. What do they see? Many of our homes are not peaceful. And their children are there. They are watching. And what do they hear? What do they hear? At times it's gossips. We are always gossiping with our uh, uh, church members. Gossiping with this person. Gossiping with the other person. And we think that these children will follow us later. When they were acting the drama, the woman said, Eh? That woman, don't worry, I know what I will do. The child was complaining. And she joined. What do they hear? We just say all kinds of things in their presence. Always complaining. Always complaining about Christianity, about church, about everything. And you think these children are not getting it. You think they, they, they are not understanding. When the time comes, they will say bye-bye to uh, God and their Christianity. May it not be a portion in Jesus' name. Let's be very, very careful. That's a girl I'm counseling now. She's of age of getting married. Very intelligent girl. She's doing her master's now. But she wasn't interested in marriage. I know these states. I'm in the same fellowship with her. The way she behaves. And she said something one day. So I called her. I started talking to her. And I found out something. So I started counseling her. She said she grew up in a broken home. The parents were separated. That's what she will hear on daily basis from the mother. Men are bad. Men are uh, uh, evil. Men are terrible. Men are this. Every day, men are this. Men are that. So, that now made her to hate men. She's not interested in marriage. She's not interested in men. She feels men are bad. Men are terrible. So, I said, I said let's go through the word of God. Word of God, I know what God says about marriage. And that's what we have been doing. And I started pointing some men that are very, you know, Christian men that are good in their homes. Do you know what she will say? That one is different. She talk about, that one is different. I said, my dear, these are Christians. And God prepared them for their homes and give them their own wives. Just pray that God will give you your own life partner. The problem young people have is that they marry anyhow. I mean, to a relationship. We, we are cutting. We, we want to know whether we are compatible for three years, five years, ten years. And at the end of it, when they come in, they are always quarreling. Because they chose themselves. You never know a man. My sister, you never know a man. My brother, you never know a woman. Allow God. God knows that person that will complete you. God knows that person that will help you in the work he has given to you. Allow him. 
just sleep like Adam. God sent Adam sleeping. And when God finished, God allowed him to wake up. And he said, wow, that's the bone of my bones. And the flesh of my flesh, he was happy. Go to bed. Go and sleep. Sleep. Just pray. Say, God, do your work. When he finishes, he will wake you up and tell you, see, she is dead. She is the one. May it be so for you in Jesus' name. What do they smell at home? Alcohols, cigarettes. What do they smell? Very, very important. These things, they form part of them. As they grow up, would they be interested in what, you know, in, in, in what we want them to know or in our Savior? It's very, very important we ask ourselves such questions. When we go home, we sit down and look at our homes. How peaceful are homes. You may be trying to send them to Sunday school to do this, to do that. But once your home is not peaceful, you find it difficult to have godly children. And I want to say that a person can make the home peaceful. Amen? And most of the time, it's the woman that can do that. If a man tries to make the home peaceful, he will not succeed. That if a woman decides this home will be peaceful, it will be peaceful. My sisters, am I correct? Am I correct? Of course. If I decide this one will be peaceful, how long does he stay in the home, in the house? I will say, my mouth, it will be done and done and done, you are welcome, this, eat, and then I will collect the children. If he is not interested in morning devotion, I will collect them, we will have morning devotion. If he is not interested, I will just go on. And with time, you see what God will do in your life. Somebody like uh, Eunice, that brought up Timothy. The father, the husband wasn't a Christian. Wasn't in the Lord. Am I correct? And yet, she could bring up a child that was godly. We can do it. Can we? We can do it. And I want to say that there are some of us, to us, we have been trying doing this, doing that. We have a peaceful home. We teach these children. We do this, we do that. But what we are seeing, we are not very happy. I want to say that the evil one is at work. And it's only through prayers that we'll be able to overcome. There's one sister that came from Abba to minister to us about three years ago or so. This sister said that the father is very godly, very prayerful, the mom, leaders. And do you know what happened? She made up her mind that she will not follow Christ. And she said when she gets to the university, she will disgrace the father. He and her God. He and his God. Do you know that the father, thank God for him, the father was praying. God, don't allow any of my child that is not going again to get admission to the higher institution. He will pray it in the presence of the children. God, let none of my children that is not born again get admission into the higher institution. The girl said she is very intelligent. So to her, that prayer is nonsense. The first year, no admission. The second year, no admission. She turned to the father, you are wicked. Look at the kind of prayer you are praying. You are wicked. The father, for we are. The father continued. Then she decided to give her life to Christ. And when she gave her life to Christ, she said it's not because of admission this time that she was, she came to her senses. She was touched and she, she gave her life to Christ and said, even admission, if I don't get admission, let me forget about it. And she started serving the Lord and God gave her admission. I think the third year. And she said that she, when she went to the university, that she was pursuing men with the gospel. That the way she was preaching the gospel all over the place and God gave her a ministry. When she came to us, she had one baby, but she was a minister of the gospel, ministering to youths and to the other people. She knew how rebellious she was and knows that some children are like that. 
What did the father use in winning that case? Prayers. Amen. Prayers. And another one like that, another sister said that she has four children. The last born is a boy. The last born decided not to follow. This sister, godly, the father, the husband, godly, the whole very peaceful. Teaching them, admonishing them, that the boy said no way. She was praying for the boy. Made out a day in the week praying for the boy. Fasting and praying for the boy. The boy entered into university. One day, this sister prayed uh, for the boy. You know, that day, she started praying and wanted to end it. God said, don't end it. Tomorrow, don't end it. Until 21 days, then God said, end it. She ended the prayers. Do you know that when this boy came back, the boy said, Mommy, do you know I nearly joined the cult? The secret cult. The mom said when? It was that time the mom was praying. God made the... God didn't tell the mother, this child is about to enter the cult. God just said, continue praying. Continue praying. And with that prayer, the mother stopped it. My dear, we need to pray. We need to pray. Don't just say, I've done everything. We need to pray. Amen. When we talk about this assignment, I want to say that it involves a lot. It involves our time. Our time. Our time. Career women. It involves our time. Some of us love career a lot. Do you know that somebody left a child four years, the other one two years, to go to London to study, to do her master's for four years? Imagine that. A child of four years, the other one two years. Ikatobi left them with a young man, went to London, because you want to be this, be this, be that. No way. That is not why we are created. Some of us, we are more interested in our profession. We don't have time for children. I want to say that we need that time. Amen? And it also involves our prayers, like I said. And it involves our energy, of course. It involves patience. Indeed. You have to be patient. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. But continue praying. Continue holding on to God. Do what you are supposed to do. And I want to tell you that God will not disappoint you. Amen. God is there for us. And I want to say that this work must be finished. This assignment. We start it and we finish it. So first we start, but we get tired on the way. Start it and finish it. And we don't finish it until we leave this earth. Do you know? Even when your child has graduated, you are still there for him or for her. Even in marriage, the assignment continues. There are some of us. Do you know that our children are married? None of them is born again. They have children. None of their children is born again. And they are getting old. And when we go there, we just sit down and they enjoy their company. When we come back, we give testimony uh, in the women's meeting. Our testimony will be, Hey! Thank God for me. Ichima was promoted to. Thank God for me. James went to London and came back. Thank God for me. They are now in their own house. Thank God for me. They are this. But when you were there, what did you see? What was happening? Are you going to heaven alone? Some of us want Christianity to end with us. God forbid. Our generation must know the Lord. Our generation must know the Lord. When you go there, you find that none of them is born again. I should give you burden. And you should cry unto the Lord. Morning after night, when you are there, make sure you bring them together for prayers. Make sure you lead them to Christ. Make sure that you tell them the word of God. And when you are back, keep on praying. Let's 
what should interest you most in your children is that they know the Lord. That they are godly. Judah said in uh, Genesis 44, 45, How can I go back to my father without the child? That should give us burden. How can I go back to my father without the child? Are we going back to the father without the child? It's an assignment. May none of us go back to the father without the child in Jesus' name. We must finish this assignment. It's an assignment. And when we do it well, I want to tell you that we'll be happy. Amen? You will we'll be happy. And God will be happy with us. If not, we'll not, we'll not be able to stand before God. We don't know who these children are. When Moses' mother was bringing up Moses, she never knew who Moses was. Am I correct? She never knew who Moses was. The same thing with Hannah. We don't know who these children are. May we do the assignment God has given to us. Make up your mind today. And before we pray, I want to say that the most important thing is for us to be in the Lord. I went to Abuja two years ago to stay with a family. And there was this boy. I'm not sure he's up to 30 years. Single. And he was very helpful. Very friendly. Always the help. Coming to help them. They phoned me the other day and said he had an accident in Abuja and died on the spot. And my son was devastated. You know? Uh, he, they said that they used to preach the gospel to him. Anytime they preach the gospel, he would just laugh it off. Laugh and feel me at this age. And now he's gone to a Christless grave to stand before God and answer. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and after that the judgment. Are you here? Do you know Christ? That's where it starts. If you don't know Christ, you can't do this assignment. We are talking about a godly assignment. Do you know Christ? Let us pray. As you close your eyes, I want you to be quiet and ask yourself some questions. Have I really decided for Christ? You may have come out for all that call, but you are not on the side of God. You are not with, with God. You don't love God. You don't love Christianity. They are very, all the things they do are boring. All the things they do in the church, the church, the, 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 the prayers, the witnessing, I don't want much. You're not interested. You love the world more than whatever is godliness. My dear, you are created by God. Very soon you are going to meet your creator. Very soon you are going to meet your creator. Make up your mind to be on the side of God. When you come to God, you will notice that life will become easier for you. You notice that you will not be satisfied with yourself. You will not be happy. You have joy, you have peace. And you have increased wisdom. Heavenly wisdom. Make up your mind. And you may be a mother. Ask yourself this question. Am I going to my father empty-handed? Am I going to my father without the child? Does it give you concern that your child doesn't know the Lord? You are living with that child, you know whether he knows the Lord or not. Forget about activities in the church. Forget about all the things he is participating in, or she. You know whether that child knows the Lord or not. If you come to SCM, you know children that are from homes where parents are training them in the godly way. 
Some of our children do not know what prayer is. Some cannot pray. When you talk about prayers, they are very uncomfortable with it. Some can close their eyes. You ask them, they tell you, we don't do that thing in our house. We don't do that thing in our house. They feel that you are disturbing them. Ah, my dear, there's problem. There's problem. The Muslims will make sure that their children go for their uh, Muslim teaching for children until they get to eight years before they start going to school. That is the most important thing to them. That these children get their religion, get everything in it. That's where we are, we are more interested in having doctors that are ungodly, having doctors that are evil, having engineers that are far away from God, having lawyers that are liars. That's what we are more interested in. But then what is your home like? Many people, you don't have time to pray. Wake up early and pray with these children, but you must get it in yourself. Are you ready to give your life to Christ? If you are ready, just stand up. It just takes you saying bye-bye to the world. Making up your mind that you will now be for God. You love God and you hate the world. I tell you, a miracle will happen in your life this morning. Is there any such person here? Ah, God loves you. God is waiting for you. That today will be your second birthday. A day you never forget in your life. God is waiting for you. Don't be ashamed. Maybe you gave your life to Christ and you took it back. Why not rededicate your life to God this morning? God is waiting for you. You are here this morning. And you do not yet have that witness that you are a child of God. That you have received the peace. That you are born again. You are still struggling. You are still living according to your own manner of life. This is the opportunity that light has come through the world. And those areas of darkness in your life will run away. This morning you want to commit yourself to serve the true God. Like Josiah made everyone to do. That you will have a witness that your sins are forgiven. And that you know peace in Christ. That's your desire. Please wherever you are, raise your hands. Let's pray together with you. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. That is the reason why this word comes. The greatest cleansing of the world is to cleanse from sin. Sin to make you a saint born again. Sin to make you more like Christ when you have come unto him. I want to have that witness in me. That I am a child of God. That I have been restored and justified with him. That I won't struggle all by my own. Please raise your hand where you are. So we will pray together with you. Thank God for you. Please repeat this prayer after me. As you are here. With all penitence. And from the depth of your heart. Lord Jesus. I thank you. You love me. You gave your life on the cross. For my sins. Today, I come to my senses. I repent of my past life. And I yield myself to you. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me. Cleanse me of my past. And give me the power to live for you from today. By your own mercy, 
Thank you. In Jesus' name. Lord, as many as receive you, to them you give the power to become your children, who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not by the will, the desire, the design of man, but by your power. And in that same way that you make a change in a heart, and no one understands, Lord, the mystery which you work out, you justify us and count us as if we've never sinned. We ask that your touch of a change and a difference will be upon these ones. And Lord, their lives will never be the same anymore in the name of Jesus. Let the old pass away. Let all things in their life become new. And Father, lead them in the path of righteousness unto their life end, in obedience to your will, living a holy life that honors you now and the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray.